0: Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger.
1: The Red Wings have a way of ruining all of our plans. Yes. We, for this is year five, year four of doing this now, have division preview, division preview, division preview, division preview, Red Wing season preview. And then the hockey season starts. We've done it. It's worked perfectly every year. Saturday night, I'm out. Mel and I decide to just take the night. We haven't had uh, just like time with no plans. So we decide, yeah, let's go uh, run a couple errands together. We'll grab dinner at one of our favorite spots. And uh, have- um, I, I, too, am a big fan of Burger King. <laughs> oh, Pop Burger King. Chicken. A little rich for my blood over there. I make podcast money, so right, relax. Listen here, Fast Eddie's. <laughs> um, Halfway through, we're looking at flooring at home hardware. Flooring for the podcast studio, by the way. Beauty. And uh, halfway through, I just stop in the middle, and I'm looking down at my phone, and Mel goes, what happened? I'm like, the Red Wings on a Saturday night just made a ton of important roster decisions. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, And that's pretty much uh, the trend. Earlier today, so they did that last night. They sent a bunch of people down, and then earlier today... um, they finished up by sending uh, some more people down, which we're going to get to in a little bit. And uh, we were chatting before this episode, and we thought, yeah, this isn't going to be a titled Central Division preview anymore. Uh, we had that plan, and it's nice to do, but enough happens in the Red Wings world, and we just have to kind of throw that out the window. So this
2: is the Red Wings season
1: preview part one. Part one. So good for you guys to get more season preview time. Evan's, uh, I think Evan was expecting a hop in, hop out episode, and now... You're a ha- you have to bring up the. Big hey, guns. I got a
0: hard timeline today. You'd- First hockey game of the season. I haven't played since April, and I got new skates. So I'm just gonna try and play goalie. Probably. <laughs> have
1: you <laughs> even Have you even worn them?
0: I wore them around the house the past two days while sitting at my computer oh, okay. oh, and they it. hurt immensely. So I can't wait till I have to actually move in them.
2: Yeah. yeah. When it. I switched from my last pair of skates to my new CCMs, they have the tapered heel, which I wasn't used to. It took three months for the blisters to stop forming on the inside of my yeah. heel.
0: Yeah. I have literally oh. negative expectations for myself yeah. tonight.
2: I, you can still see the permanent calluses from <laughs> when yeah. I broke them. <clears throat> do you do that uh, oven thing?
0: Yes. That will only help you so much, though. You still, yeah. like, nothing is better than actually skating.
2: Because you're not moving your feet in <clears> when you're baking them. I which, can't not remember the last time I bought new skates.
0: I can. I was 10 years ago. I bought new skates 10 years ago.
2: I've bought two pairs of skates in the last 10 years. That's it. But the, the most recent ones were about two years I ago. I still use
0: so. my hockey bag that I got when I was 12. I'm
2: pretty sure my <laughs> hockey bag is older than Ryan. Yeah, it looks. It, I'm pretty sure it is. Dude, that's. I'm a 32 year old man, and I'm still using my Kitchener Junior Rangers hockey bag. How old are you when you got that? I think I was 14 or 15. It's not older than me, you doofus. I know. It's close. It's like 17. Yeah, that thing. That <laughs> it's thing's like, already got. I thought it's you're G2. like you're like what? 20? I'm 14, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that hockey bag's had its first girlfriend. Oh, man. It's felt the sting of regret. It can legally drive. Yeah. That hockey bag is about the age Brad
1: was when he started dating his now wife. Oh, True. my God.
2: that No, actually, that's a good way of putting it. I've had that longer than I've been with
1: her. That, which is insane, because you've been with Crystal for, what, 18 years now?
2: Yeah, I had that when we met. Oh, God. That's nuts. What,
1: what were we talking about? Uh, the Red
2: Wings. We have no choice but to, because there's so much news that happened. Where do we even want to start? Let's start with the young guys, because that's where everybody's going to want us to start. Because we've been saying... All summer that on the Red Wings offense, there was basically two spots open for the young guys. We were all fairly certain that Taro Horoshi would get one of them. We were correct. We were correct. We were all fairly certain that one of Rasmussen, Zadina, Valeno, Svechnikov uh, would grab one of the other ones. It was Christopher N. Of course. Here's my
1: thing. I didn't think both N and De La Rose would make it to start. I thought one of them for sure, and I really did think it would be N if it was one of them, but both of them seems...
0: I thought for sure De would be on the out. I
1: don't attribute much of this to the performance of the young guys, because honestly, some
2: of them had really great preseasons. Did any of them, and, and here's me playing devil's advocate, did any of them walk into training camp, kick the door down, and say, I'm not leaving? Here's the th- I don't think any of them did. No, and it, that's because I think the
1: bar is pushed so much higher because of the position this team is in right now. Correct. There's no doors to kick down. This is an open concept floor plan because the season is such a wash already that you have to be so incredibly good. Like You have to be like Elias, Petters- Elias Pettersson in the AHL right now. Good to justify keeping you up here on a team that's not going to perform well, probably not going to do what it needs to do for your development if you're a young player. And honestly, sending Valeno down is gives good justification for sending uh, Sveshnikov and Zadina down as well, as well as Rasmussen. Like those are two centermen that those two very important wingers for the Red Wings uh, can now play with to to develop. They're not playing with career AHLers. They have guys that they can develop chemistry with earlier.
0: And at the at the end of the day, is do we want to burn one year of their entry level contract for something that a, a season that means essentially nothing?
2: This is true. When I when I saw all the cuts, I was disappointed to see that all of them but Hiroshi went down up front. Then I actually started doing a rough projection of Grand Rapids roster in my head. We're getting Grand Rapids season tickets. Oh my God. You may
0: as well. Yeah. If you're halfway between Detroit and Grand Rapids, I think it's an easy call what you should get.
2: In, in football, the running joke is always, could Alabama beat insert worst NFL team? This year, could the Griffins beat the Red Wings? <laughs> and the answer is, in a seven game series, maybe take a couple games actually.
1: We have uh we have a couple of Red Wings like uh staff, like um Ticket Sales and like uh outward facing staff who listen and I know we chat with them a bunch. If there's anyone on the Grand Rapids uh team, like their staff, uh shoot us a DM.
0: We'll go down on the dollar beer nights.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll head down there. I think maybe we're overdue for a red, uh Grand Rapids meetup as well. We have a ton of fans in Grand Rapids and yeah. they've been Screaming at us for long enough,
2: we really should do I that. I think it's
0: like a six-hour drive.
2: Oh yeah, we'll but wait he, till the Calder Cup finals, then we'll make a roadie. Oh, that wouldn't be bad. Is there going this year, if boys? Anyone
0: has a helicopter or a private plane they want to do? You not? Stuff on? Man of mystery. We're working on it. I'm we still don't know it.
1: what he does. You can catch him in a lie. Sometimes he gives you a different job title on a different day.
0: It yeah, that has happened.
1: I know we've made the joke before, but you're like Barney from How I Met Your Mother, where he just says
2: something different every time.
0: He just you just got to keep you guys on your toes. It's good to know you actually listen <laughs> and remember things. Kind of.
2: Anyways, last time it was Chippendales' answer. So, um, the grandiose point here is originally kind of upset. Everybody got sent down. More, I've thought about it. I'm happy. Grand Rapids should be a really strong team. More development for these guys. And honestly, it's going to be a deep team, and they're going to be put in a position to succeed. The Red Wings, by and large, no matter how good the leadership here is, no matter how good the coaching is, no matter how good the management is, that's going to be a pretty toxic environment this season because that's going to be a lot of losses. We're talking about a third line of uh, Franz Nielsen, Darren Helm, and Jacob Della Rose, possibly. Uh, like,
0: it's... Uh... <laughs> It's going to be bad. How did we end up with every single third-line, fourth-line player in the league? It, they're, they're Honestly, it's like fil- they're sawdust.
1: It's filler. Eizerman has no interest right now in paying big money for players that aren't going to be useful because there's nothing to be useful for because this team won't succeed. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, it's the right way to approach
0: it. We can go big game hunting when we're closer, but after last night, watching that abomination of a hockey game, we are not close. Speaking
2: of big game hunting, are we not doing that right now? Like, I consider Frenier Raymond
0: (laughs) Byfield big game. That's big game, but we don't have to use big bullets for that.
2: (laughs)
1: Before we get too much into – I'm going to bring up my tinfoil hat theory again. But before we do that, let's talk about technically what happened. On the 27th, uh, the Red Wings assigned Caden Fulcher to Grand Rapids, was to be expected. Uh, the 28th um, – or and then – yeah, yeah. Yesterday, the 28th, they waived certain guys, and that was for the purpose of sending them down to the minors. So that included Joe Hicketts, Dominic Turgeon, Calvin Picard, the goalie that they signed this year. Um matt pumple some other guys and some ahl fillers uh yeah, yeah. and uh, i know a lot of people were initially concerned about hicketts and picard because they thought they might get claimed the expectation was that they wouldn't be claimed the way i looked at it, it spoiler that none of them got claimed they all got cleared are uh, they all cleared um the way i look at it is yeah you know what? i like joe hicketts but at this point if he hasn't kick down the door like brad said and for defense it's a different door if he hasn't come in and said i should be the seventh defenseman or eighth there's eight spots this year it's not it's just not happening let's, for him.
0: let's call a spade a spade he's undersized gritty and doesn't play at the nhl level there's gonna be zero teams who are looking for a player like that because they've got a ton of players like that mm-hmm. that
2: friday night game against toronto in detroit there was a defensive pairing of Joe Hicketts and Gustav Lindstrom, and they were terrible. They look bad. Th- on one of the Leaf goals, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but I know this is very close. They got stuck in their own zone, and their final shift total for time on ice on that one shift, on that one goal against, was almost three and a half minutes.
0: Christ. I would put the puck in my mouth and eat it before <laughs> we got to even two minutes.
2: Yeah, it's... All Hicketts was doing all preseason was getting the puck off the glass, getting the puck off the glass. I don't know if his confidence is, is shot. This is what the coaches were telling to him. But he used to be a good puck-moving defenseman, and I did not see even a semblance of that at any point in this preseason. He has regressed. You would hope that this was a year that maybe he'll come in and he'll prove his worth. He looked worse this preseason than the last two. And
0: it's, it's a shame because he's one of those guys you want you always root for because he's that undersized guy who has never given a shot and he's got this tenacity about him. And it's just like a kind of like a Rudy story. Like, you know, he, he wants it so bad, but yeah, yeah, he's just not good enough. And you know, we don't need any more seventh, eighth defensemen. So the fact that he cleared is not a surprise to me at all. Easiest guy in the minor in the AHL
1: to cheer for. Oh yeah. But, He's hit his ceiling, and it's always fun to theorize or or go through the hypotheticals of what could Joe Hicketts do. But yeah, we've seen it. Call spade a spade. He's going to be an AHLer who pops up when we need him to on the third pairing, and that is what it is. He's not his waiver eligibility is or his waiver exemption's gone. So at some point, someone might grab him. But in reality, if someone did take him, all it would have done is made slotting more insider into Grand Rapids a little bit easier. That being said, he cleared, Picard cleared, they all got sci- uh, got assigned to Grand Rapids. Joe Valeno, Oliver Kasky, uh, Giovanni Smith, Evgeny Sveshnikov, Billy Saryarvi, Gustav Lindstrom, Philip Zedina, David Pope, Ryan Kufner, all assigned to Grand Rapids.
2: Uh, I, I can't say any surprises out of that. I thought maybe Sveshnikov had did enough in the preseason to warrant a spot, because out of the, the young guys on the bubble, I would say he had the strongest preseason. But yeah. we'll get into a player by player breakdown of this soon. So continue. And then today, they fil- my first thought was, oh, what about Cider and Rasmussen?
1: And then today, they sent down Cider uh, and Rasmussen. Cider actually spoiled it. Yeah. <laughs> he posted on his Instagram, it was like three photos of him as a Red Wing. And then the caption said, first game as a Grand Rapids Griffin this, like, whatever, Friday or Saturday. And then I looked on the Red Wings page and I looked at transactions. I'm like, this hasn't happened yet. So thanks for the tip, Moritz. <laughs> uh,
2: insider. So- He's a man yeah. of the He's people. He's an insider. Ryan, don't let that one go. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> that was <laughs> an A plus fun. This is why there's three of us. <laughs> this is why there's three of us because some of, one of us will drop that at all times. Uh, Siders uh, sent down to Grand Rapids as well as Michael Rasmussen. Um, so pretty much none of the young guns. That we were expecting. Other Tar- than Taro Horossi. Other than Hirose, was it. And I don't even consider him to be like one of the young guns. I guess yeah, he's like twenty full college three, twenty
2: four or something like that. Yeah.
0: Was Larkin the last non top ten pick we had? Uh mm-hmm. oh, in the first round? Yeah. Well, I know,
2: technically. He was
0: thirty. No, I'm thinking of our first overall picks. Oh, who's the last first guy round outside picks? of top ten? Chiloski. Yes. Would, who that's will, that's not good. <laughs>
2: who we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, five of our last six first-round picks are playing in Grand Rapids this year.
0: Damn
1: it! Lions lost.
2: So did the Bills. 34-30.
0: All's right in the universe.
1: I mean, well, I don't know what else I was expecting.
2: Yeah, I expected the Bills to get blown out, so to lose by six, I'd take it. Yeah, it was the same with, with Detroit and Kansas City. Yeah, Bills covered, so that's what matters. Oh, they did cover If you bet on then. the Bills, congratulations. <laughs> if you, I, I'm
1: I'm assuming Detroit covered. With an injured Matt Stafford and Patrick Mahomes coming in, yeah,
2: thirty four thirty, Jeez. no defense.
0: All right, your thirty seconds of football talk is done. Okay, thank you.
2: Anyway, so let's let's go through, break down the main pieces of this. Let's do the first one, Philip Zedina. Okay, um, my mentions <laughs> on Twitter. Let me start by I'm going to say this specifically to Zedina, and then I'm going to Zadina, then I'm going to make um, a bigger point on this. All right, everybody calm the hell down one guy suggested he goes to the echl and he's already a bust no did sedina have the best preseason no he absolutely did not did he have a terrible preseason no he did not he had some chances are there things he needs to work on yes absolutely are there things that he did very well and you can see why we picked him sixth overall still very much yes Give him another year and then we'll make some determinations. It's early. Is he looking like worthy of a sixth overall pick right now? No, probably not. Is he a bust? No, far from it at this point. Now, my bigger point is guys, guys like Giovanni Smith (laughs) and Gustav Lindstrom. These are not impactful players. They are not. They don't matter. Uh, We'll get to Giovanni Smith because a lot of people were on his train. I don't get it, but Guys, you don't need to live and die by these decisions, especially on the fringe players. Giovanni Smith's long-term projection is not going to impact the Red Wings significantly in one direction or the other, even if he pans out. At best, he's a fourth-line winger. That's not what's going to win you a cup or get you to the playoffs. It's just nice to have. So, getting back to Zadina. Calm down. It's fine. He just looks like he lost his confidence, which I have a small aside once you're done your point. Yeah, Philip Zadina
1: showed flashes of good and a lot of frustration this preseason, tra- uh, Traverse City, everything. Also, now that I said Traverse City, someone on YouTube
2: uh, made a good point. You're saying Traverse City, Brad, and it's Traverse City. I thought I was saying Traverse City, am I? Does it come out different? I think Because that's how I'm saying it in my head. That's yeah. what
0: it sounds like. It sounds normal.
1: <laughs> I think a couple times you said Traverse City, and uh, yeah, people from there get angry so we all we all have our things it was like your ryan johansson thing forever yeah (laughs) i still say that Uh, oh i say because i'm afraid they're gonna knife you um regardless yeah, Zadina didn't have a phenomenal scoring showing but he had he had production dude had a ton of assists uh looked good never really looked terribly out of place if anything he was guilty the same thing he was when he had his nine game call up last year which was he was trying to do so much he lost his confidence he you you could tell he couldn't buy a goal and there was a couple times where the goalie would either make an unreal save or he'd hit the pipe or you know he would accidentally just put it into their glove.
0: He has just... bad body language at some times.
1: He does. But you know what? He covers that when he's talking to the press. He doesn't really let it on when they ask him pointed questions, but you can see it on the ice. The guy desperately wants to live up to being a six overall pick. I'm not over the moon about his production so far, but I also know that none of this can be held against him at this point. Like Brad said, there's a whole other year Really, before you can make any meaningful determinations in any direction, it's so soon to be just saying the dumb, you know, ECHL or this guy's a wash or like so much for six overall. Any team in the league would have taken him at six overall. Was Zidina falling that far, you would have been hard pressed to find a team that wouldn't have taken him there. Everyone says different things when they take their guy. Oh, I selected Joe Schmo 25th, but if we had first overall pick, we would have taken him there. Yeah, obviously the GM's going to say that. Nobody's interested in slandering their first round pick Zadina still has he's shown nothing to to signify that he's going to be a bust he's shown so much of his raw talent and his tools if anything the only drawback I have that I can say confidently is this isn't a guy that's going to go below the world open without good players around him but that's pretty normal for hockey players and
2: then if you even to that point you can then make a case if he's not playing top six in Detroit he shouldn't be in Detroit exactly do you want him playing with Adam Ernie and Darren Helm this season or who the hell ever or Phil I'd say no I'd rather have him playing with Valeno yeah. or Rasmussen or Svechnikov, guys who are going to be above their peers and get him the puck. If he goes off and buries 30 in the AHL this year, I, bet, I guarantee his training camp next year will look a lot different than mm-hmm. it was this year, just from a confidence level. Because my biggest criticism of his game this preseason was he made a lot of poor decisions with the puck. And when you watch the poor decisions he made, it was because he was trying to make an extra play that wasn't there. He was trying to make that special play rather than making the five-foot outlet that was there. Like, I remember one play clearly. It was in the Red Wings zone. Uh, It was kind of a broken play that he ended up having to turn around. And for whatever reason, he was the first guy back to it in the corner in his own zone with only one forechecker on him. And he had a bit of time. He had his outlet behind the net, but he held it for a couple extra seconds to see if he had a better breakout pass and lost it. Like, once he learns to just take that simple play, a lot of his problems in the preseason are gone. They
0: need to find a comparable for him at the NHL level that he can watch game tape of.
2: Like, in terms of style of play and what he can do? Kucherov. Have him watch Nikita Kucherov.
0: Oh, I don't think he dri- can drive a line like Kucherov. Man. He can't,
2: but I, that's who I want him to learn. Like, <laughs> oh,
0: learn, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like I me- I'd love for him to watch Connor McDavid tape and and learn to play like that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say McDavid. But uh, but that's but maybe someone like if I want to like learn a, like a Line A for example. Line A doesn't really drive his line, but. When a player gets him the pockets in the back of the net.
1: Carries a squad in Fortnite.
2: Though. But here's the thing. Zadina yeah, has.
0: He, he drops into. To, I don't remember. Tomato Town. A, <laughs> no,
2: Lainey is <A's> a terrible <laughs> example because Line is the true definition of a guy with one talent. Line has Z- no comparable in the NHL. He's, Z- it's the weirdest player. Yeah, Zadina has great puck skills, a great shot and has underrated playmaking. So he can drive a line in theory. I don't think he has it to drive a high end line at the nhl level but he could it's if you're like you're learning if you want to learn how to pass you don't watch luke lindenning you watch wayne gretzky i want him to find the best player in the listen NHL.
0: i'm looking at a, a lunch pail blue collar kind of guy i'm not looking at the best player of all time first he, of
2: all brad take it back
1: Second-
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was for all our luke Lindening stands up yeah
1: for, which i think
2: there's maybe five in the world but
0: and one is a head coach in toronto <laughs>
2: But yeah, so I just Zidane needs to watch it. He needs to put a lot of goals in in Grand Rapids this year. He Needs to play twenty minutes a night in Grand Rapids. My one pet peeve that I wanted to get at before you were talking for a guy. I'm gonna try and restrain myself from going in on this guy too much this year, but I have to already. It's preseason. And I understand preseason doesn't matter. And it's time to iron out the kinks and work new game, game plans and try weird, dumb stuff. But the fact Phillips Zadina wasn't in that shootout is oh, criminal God. against hockey. So annoying. a guy whose confidence is at an all time low as a goal scorer. You're giving him a breakaway. If he goes in and scores that his confidence comes right back up. Who is it? Chris Terry. Chris. Why? Yeah. Why? Like, Even if it's preseason, I understand it's preseason. It doesn't matter. If you want to have some fun, have some fun. Someone asked me on Twitter what my shootout lineup was going to be. And I said Madison Bowie, Mort, Sider, and Jonathan Bernier.
0: (laughs) Team Chaos, go for it. Who cares? Every single one of our high end prospects. Yeah, exactly. You want them to get NHL experience. You know, it's a preseason game. Who gives a shit? But let them take a shootout. It, like it's it's a different aspect of experience that they haven't gotten yet. No, nah,
1: let's give Turner Elson twenty five yeah, minutes.
0: Sh- let's sh- give Applicator a, a shootout so we can go dump it in the corner and start cycling it by himself.
1: He's he just like he's passing the ghost of Pavel Datsuk at this point.
0: Yeah, the
1: the thing about Zadina is he's got such a microscope on him that I feel like we're gonna go to bat for the guy so much more than we really would typically.
2: And we're gonna to hesitate to criticize him because people are just gonna blow it out of proportion. Oh, I'll, I'll criticize his game, but you have to understand the context behind it. Yeah, people are gonna take our first
1: real criticism of him, which is gonna to happen to every hockey player. We talk on this podcast twice a week, um, and it's just gonna be stapled to the Zadina is a bust tree, and it's just gonna be like, no, guys, just relax, please, a little bit. Speaking of players that I will go to bat for, Joel Joe Valeno. Hey, we're getting good at that. Uh, Joe Valeno had a phenomenal tournament, prospect tournament, 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 oh my God, tournament. investor in City. <laughs> Uh City. Traverse City tournament. Uh,
2: he had a great training camp and he had a really, really good preseason. He had his moments in preseason. He matched up well against the Tays line in that Chicago, didn't do anything offensively that game, but did not look like a fish out of water. Had a few offensive moments, but not... As much as you would have liked to see for a guy that's pushing for a roster spot, hence why he's in Grand Rapids. Pushing for a roster spot. He's like, what, four years old? Yeah, exactly. So he he didn't do anything this preseason that made me jump out of my chair and go, put him on this team right effing now or you're crazy. But he didn't do anything that made me think, oh, he's regressing. No, no, no. It was about what I was expecting. It looked good. I'm happy. Let him go center the top line in Grand Rapids and just dominate this year. Yeah, that was exactly it. Joe Voleno had showed
1: everything we wanted to see from him within the realm of like reality. There was always a chance that he could crack the roster. I know people were asking that a lot. That's fun to to talk about. That's like a sexy story to think about, but it's in in the world of the NHL, it's really hard to break in, especially as a center. And he's not going to center the fourth line. There's no point to that. So,
0: Well, the Wings' fourth line does get about 15 minutes a game. Exactly, that's
1: why he won't center. It's too much ice time yeah, for him. Yeah, true. Um, so within the realm of reality, we saw exactly what we wanted to see from Joe Valeno. Really, 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 really good offensive drive, uh, especially around competition closer to his level, which we saw during training camp in the prospect tournament. Uh, we saw him improve his defensive game from where it was last year. Um, this is a guy who I think is prepared to step into the AHL and really seize the season by the horns Um, make a case to not only get his audition this year uh, whenever there's an injury. And that's another thing we're going to chat about this in a little bit, but these uh, uh, assignments to Grand Rapids are by no means permanent. They're not going to age. Well, injuries are going to happen on this team. This isn't a young roster. So this is why maybe we're not as panicked as you guys would expect us to be Uh, going back to the point. Joe Veleno is poised to have a great year in Grand Rapids. He's going to have a ton of talent to play with. Zadina's there, Sveshnikov's there, Michael Rasmussen's there, and there's other players. You know, Ryan Kufner will be there. There's a ton of other players that he can play with in Grand Rapids to succeed
0: and get a ton of ice time. I think that's the 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 big one, um, and I think all of the right pieces are in the in Grand Rapids where they should be because this group is the next push in development for the red wings as a as an organization so yeah having them scattered all over the place playing 10 minutes a night at the most here and there bouncing around is not good so having everyone kind of where they should be right now is they i think they made the right call
1: we should title this episode grand Rapids
2: season preview honestly <laughs> yeah uh who next okay let's talk about the best story of preseason for the red wings moritz cider wrong who are you going to talk about? We're still on forwards, buddy. Ev- Michael Genny Svechnikov. Specieson. He we didn't know what to expect from him this preseason. We were hoping that he would look anything close to the player he was when he left just to see per, just to show that the ACL didn't completely ruin him as a hockey player. And this was the best I've ever seen him. Yeah, um Svechnikov really he had a, a rusty
1: first like 20 to 30 minutes on the ice, but he really did make enough out of his
0: uh, it's going to be like me tonight. <laughs> I haven't played in like a yeah? year. You're
1: going to score a couple
0: goals? Getting older so the knees start to hurt a little bit more. Uh, it's going to take me about 20 to 30 months to get used to it again. If
1: you tear your ACL, we'll never see you again. You will never move off your couch. No, no. Oh my God, work from Follow home every day. Follow me on Twitch,
0: everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the What is your Twitch name? Ace 66?
0: I don't know. that's always been my, my gamer tag. You need to yeah. brand yourself, man. No.
1: When, no. Hockey... <laughs> don't i know it uh no i'm not a svechnikov truther so to say i don't think svechnikov is poised to be a first line winger on this team maybe not even a, a second line winger where i have his realistic production is uh if all if all goes right for him again within the realm of reality tm uh a good third line winger for the wings
0: how's he gonna fight ovechkin this year you know, How can you do that in the Grant? Ovechkin
2: will get sent down soon enough.
0: <laughs> good eye, good <laughs> to call.
1: Hershey, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think he did enough this preseason to show that he's back on the map in terms of Red Wings uh, young guns who can possibly
2: make this team.
1: If I, I'm not going to call it a certainty, but he's definitely not spoiled by this ACL tear.
2: If this were a normal season of trying to be competitive and contract situation be damned, he he earned a spot on the roster. But given the circumstance, this was. Again, probably the right call still. He had, what, two, three goals in preseason, I think, mm. in assist or two. Was one of the more noticeable forwards, game in, game out. Was playing the cycle well. Didn't look like the knee was giving him any problems when guys were pushing him uh, in the board battles on the cycle. Was getting to the center of the ice, making plays happen there. Again, I'm not saying that he's going to be this elite superstar offensive player. Far from it. But, yeah, like Ryan said, a good Second, third line winger looks very much in the realm of possibility for him now. And again, this was him, his first taste of hockey in over a year. He basically had his knee reconfigured and came back and showed well. So you're going to give him however much time in Grand Rapids this year. That's only going to help. He's only going to get stronger as the year goes. So we saw Evgeny Svechnikov have a very strong preseason. And now we can actually reasonably expect some improvement over the next couple months.
0: Hopefully, uh, the end of the season's interesting in Detroit. We could see a better team. Oh, we
1: could see Grand Rapids. Yeah. (laughs) Quite possibly. Now, here's the thing. All of these forwards got sent down. Oh, well, let's do a Michael Rasmussen first, actually. Uh, Michael Rasmussen was another player who I thought did a lot of things right to really bring things back into line for him. Not so much where he was uh, blowing the world away or kicking the door down by any means, but he's doing what he did a lot of what we want to see from him. He made that net front, the Thomas Holmstrom area, his office. He got a few of those tip-in goals. He got a few of those garbage goals out front. Um, He looked solid out there. Uh, Still a little weak on the puck in my mind. I want to see a big man like that be a little bit stronger, but hopefully that strength keeps building. Um, They also tried him out at
2: center. Until the last game, I think?
1: Yeah. Uh, he's not a center. I, I don't think he's projected to be a center he's at not. the NHL level, but they might be find him as someone who could flip between center and wing, or at the very
2: least be a utility guy in you know emergency yep. circumstances. Pinch in at center and a snap. Yeah. So my honest assessment of Rasmussen in in the preseason. Uh, he looked like all the things he's good at, he got better at. Like you said, with the net front, yeah. it looked like he was establishing his space better. He's getting his stick on more pucks. He did end up at two or three goals like Svechnikov. Uh, where he struggled was everything else. He did not He did not look good away from the front of the net again. And again, this isn't surprising. This was his area of concern last year. He got... That was his area of concern when he was drafted. He is not strong in his skates for a big guy. It's, no. There was uh, the game against Toronto. Uh, Rasmus Sandin bowled him over on a 50-50 puck. Rasmus Sandin's like five foot eleven. He's not a big guy. Rasmussen should win that puck battle a hundred out of a hundred times, and um, he didn't look good on the cycle. He didn't look good um, playing with pace. He did not create anything off the rush. He was a liability on the breakout. Uh, defensively solid. He, he uses his reach well. At least he gets in lanes. He doesn't give up anything in his own zone, which is a positive. But that wasn't something he struggled struggled with last year. Michael Rasmussen has a long way to go still. And I've seen because he scored a lot of goals or a couple goals and because he looks so strong net front, he was one of the guys people were going to bat more for in my mentions. I noticed, I just don't see it. He's the same player as he was last year. I, we just saw progression on his strengths, which is good, but to be a good NHL player, he needs to at least be competent at five on five and in the other areas of the ice.
0: If you're, going to be drafted in the top 10 of the draft, you need a lot more check boxes checked off than what he has. Yeah,
2: he's... um, I don't think there's going to be a world where Rath- Rasmussen is going to live up to the ninth overall pick. No, no. Nope, I don't think he's going to, by the time it's all said and done, he's going to even register as someone who should be a top 20 pick in that draft.
0: He's going to, when you look back at the draft, he's going to be that guy. You look and you're like, God, he played a lot of games, but didn't have a lot of points.
2: He's He's going to be, my prediction is still, a serviceable third to fourth line winger in the NHL who is... Um, I don't want to go so far as to say exceptional on the power play, but should be a very strong power play contributor that is holding up. So I don't know if Holmstrom or Hornquist are good comparables there because they actually play higher in the lineup. I don't see that happening with Rasmussen without some progression to his game. That all being said, dude's 20. He's young. The, there is still ample time for him oh, to yeah. improve in all these areas. I'm just saying as he is now. But given his skill set and the way he's looked, I don't think those improvements are going to be by leaps and bounds. Here's another thing to note about Michael Rasmussen.
1: His development has been screwy because of stupid transfer rules between the CHL and, and pro hockey. Essentially, he was for, He was too good to play in the uh, Western Hockey League. Yeah, because he was too physically dominant over everybody else. <laughs> so he played up with the Detroit Red Wings way earlier than he realistically should have but that was better than playing down with players way below his level he really should have been in the ahl for the past season yeah and this season he gets to go do that so yeah michael rasmussen hasn't done a ton he is kind of who we thought he was at draft time and not to gloat but Mm -hmm. at draft time yeah and even a year later we thought okay here are his strengths but how's that going to translate to the nhl level He's only been what he thought we thought he was, but there's still a certain amount, uh, a high amount of uncertainty to him. Things could flip, or he could further amplify what he's good at and then become competent in the areas that Brad uh singled out. So he's kind of not had a fair shake. He does really need to work on his strength. He does really need to work on his uh non-offensive zone starts or non-power play time uh play. I'm not ready to say this guy's never going to make the team, I think he will realistically slot in third, fourth line and then be that power play specialist. He's such an atypical player in terms of what he'll offer. Um, it's not going to be a complete suite of skills. It's going to be I, no, I'm not saying Patrick Laine because it's Patrick Line a completely different player, but Laine is like so good at certain things and so bad at other ones and just the same boxes are ticked for me for Rasmussen. Like, he'll be so good at some of these things. Net front, power play, uh, offensive zone starts, um, defensive grinding, but Off of that, you're not going to see him drive a line, generate scoring chances, that kind of thing. Now, all these guys that we talked about, um, these forwards, Rasmussen, uh, Valeno, uh, Zadina, we didn't really mention uh, Kufner. I don't really want to talk about Kufner too much. He is who we thought he was. Yeah. They all got sent down. Oh, people are going to yell at you for not bringing up Giovanni Smith. Uh, I'll I'll do Kufner and Smith in a minute. And you already touched on this. But for now all these high profile young guys who we thought at least one of them is going to make the team. And the only one was Taro, Taro Hirose. I genuinely believe a lot of this has to do with if we're sending one or two of them down, we might as well send all of them down because they're not going to get a lot of good out of the, the trash that's going to be this, the start of this season. And we know we're going to call them up soon anyways. So why not just send them down, have them play together, have them build together, build that chemistry and work off of each other. Cause they're very different skill sets and then give them some success because, oh boy, will this season be hard to get through if you're a Detroit Red Wing. It's
0: going to take some serious veteran leadership to get through this one.
1: Yeah. It's going to take a lot of beer. Yeah. Yeah. What's our beer per 60? Oh, our beer per 60 on this
2: podcast is going to go way up. I'm going to not put a mini fridge in the studio. <laughs> no, you need to. You absolutely need to. Uh, I saw, wasn't it, wasn't it literally your girlfriend who put the tutorial on the internet of how to build a mini fridge keg? Yeah. Kegerator. That's
1: what we need. Yeah, uh, we're gonna build it once everything else is done with the house and the studio is done.
2: Uh, project's gonna be a Windwheel podcast kegerator. Okay, I'm just gonna go with a foam dome in the meantime.
0: <laughs> My neighbor uh, turned one of his old refrigerators into like a four twenty liter hole, um, like kegerator refrigerator, and it had four taps on it. And he brewed his own beer, and they're all unreal best neighbor of all time
2: oh my god Come back <laughs> he would just find me um like a gerbil at the fountain at three in the morning in his garage he yes. moved or you moved he
1: moved oh yeah probably drank him dry yeah, i wish yeah no this thing is just a little mini fridge that turned into one keg kegerator really useful fantastic that's what we're gonna have when we uh, paint the house by the way fantastic
0: yeah so wait what i have to paint your house you no have a that? room
2: we have to paint a room in this house uh, the studio i don't paint well, you're painter. I don't paint either, buddy. I just this...
0: get other people to do it. <laughs> he has got a
2: studio. That's what I do. And guess what? You're the other people.
0: <laughs> oh. uh, other
2: notable uh, players who were sent down. Oliver Kasky is wasn't a surprise. He he made one good play that I saw where he him and. Who was it that set up Giovanni Smith? It was Svechnikov, Kasky, and Svechnikov had a good play behind the net that set up Giovanni Smith for the game tying goal against Toronto. Other than that, I don't think I noticed him the entire preseason, which in and of itself is a positive and a negative. So take yeah, that yeah, you kind you of will.
0: have to do something
1: good to make teams. It's weird. Um, sorry, Arvy and Lindstrom. I wasn't
2: blown away by Sorry Harvey, Much like Kasky, I didn't notice. Yeah. Uh, so for Sorry Harvey, in a lot of ways, that's an improvement. Um, Lindstrom was bad. I'm not even going to give him a pass. He was bad.
1: For a guy that we were, you know, so high on and someone that we said could be kicking the door down this year, that was probably just a misaligned take on you know the level of play he was he's doing. He's
2: a year away from being a year away.
1: Yeah, he's not there yet. He's not like don't knock him completely, but I'm not I wasn't terribly impressed.
2: Everybody's development paths go differently, but here's what Goos Hold up. on. Say that again. Everybody's development path goes differently. Remember that, folks. That's all. Just please, for the love of okay. God, I thought you were going to ridicule. No, 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 no. no. I just need that tattooed on every part of my body okay. so I can just flash that at. Okay, people. good. Um, you're backing up what I was saying. This is weird. I don't know how to <laughs> feel. Anyways, um, so but here's what he is as a player: a defensive defenseman who was advertised as at least a competent puck mover. I haven't seen that part of his game since he's come over to North America at all this summer um, or preseason. Man, it's not optimistic when we have a guy struggling as a defensive defenseman. It's not fair to him to say this, but I'm just watching him and going, please don't be Jonathan Erickson. Please don't be Jonathan Erickson. Please don't let this organization overvalue a defensive defenseman again that is not holding his head above water. Please not again. Now, again... I'm hoping because he's a right-handed shooting defenseman, and we picked him in the sec- high in the second round, that I'm dead wrong, and his next two years of development is phenomenal. I wouldn't bet on it based on this performance, though. I'm not. Uh, I'm not terribly concerned about that happening
1: anymore. I think this isn't a Steve Eiserman pick. I think everything he's demonstrated has shown that he's doing what he can with what he has, but he's not going to push through players that aren't worth it. Uh, he's bought a lot of confidence from me in terms of what he'll actually do to move these guys. I don't think he would have been terribly upset if he lost Joe Hickets I think in a year, if Sarri Arvey and Lindstrom still haven't worked out, or maybe two years for Lindstrom, he's going to be terribly upset if those guys go either. There's a log jam, and he he wants to get his guys in. Not to say that, that his guys can't be the guys currently in the in the pipeline. Yeah, he does not have guys yet. But he had one draft, and it wasn't his scout team that ran it. I have not seen a single inkling of, you know, Steve Eisman doing what the Ken Holland administration did, which was just live and die by the guys that you had just because you took them and not really admitting when to give up on them and not just giving them mindless extensions. Oh, my God. I'm getting angry all over again.
2: <sighs> OK, so happy the, thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say the prospect pipeline is the one thing we're supposed to be excited about in this preseason really didn't do us a lot of favors. In that. No, no, no. Here's where we're what I'm getting to. One prospect we can be super happy about, who once again had a very strong preseason and training camp, and who, as of this moment, looks like he's worked his way onto the team again, Dennis Cholosky. Oh, I wasn't going to do Dennis Yeah, I was going to do Dennis Cholosky, because he looked great. He was quarterbacking the top power play unit, looked great. His puck movement was phenomenal as usual, and... And you know what I saw? I saw him winning a lot of defensive battles, Yeah, which I did not see last year, even at his best. Last year, what he had the tendency to
1: do was put himself out of position. And then when he was out of position, not really fight to get back into position or at least get back into the play. Like you said, he was winning puck battles. His positioning was significantly better. He was less of a defensive liability. Um, I found myself having to remind myself to look at Dennis Cholosky's defensive play, which was good because I didn't notice it. And last year, I definitely noticed it. That's Mm -hmm. an improvement. Of course, his offensive play has only improved. There's no reason why he shouldn't have been one of the top eight Red Wings on this roster, which means he made the team, and that's exactly the case. Super proud of Dennis Cholosky. Had a great preseason. You can tell that his last two seasons of staying in Detroit on his own dime and working with the team to make sure he's ready have paid off. Uh, A big thing for him this year will be to play all 82 games, and that's going to mean keeping his mental game up, keeping his physical game up, staying well-conditioned, and uh, working through his mistakes rather than letting him hamper him, like what happened last year. Uh, But, yeah, by all rights, he had a fantastic preseason. One of the genuinely really good stories. Uh, Choloski and Horonic are are two fantastic defensive prospects that the Red Wings have. So Choloski should have made the team. Before the summer went in, we th- that we thought that is his bar. You just have to make the team, and he did that and more. So that's yeah, really good from him.
2: We don't we don't often get a, uh, everything correct in our predictions on this podcast, but we nailed the eight defensemen. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we we said they'd carry eight, and we nailed the eight. Yeah, and no. so it looks like it'll be DeKaiser Hronik as the top pairing, Green Nemeth on the second pairing, uh, Cholosky and insert one of Bowie Erickson, or Daly on the third pairing. Chalosky QBing being the top unit looks like uh, they are going to be parading out green and Heronic on the second unit, which I talked about last episode is the right call because if you're going to have a right-handed shooting QB, you need a right-handed trigger man so they can be each other's guy on that. Um, so yeah, that was very, very smart decision-making by the coaching staff and the management on the defensive end. I would still like to have waived a veteran or two, but we're splitting hairs here. I'd rather have Daly or Erickson in the press box every night than Choloski or Bowie. I think we should save this whole waving veterans talk for an Red Wing season preview part two. Part two. We will. We're yeah. going to get to that. It's yeah. just it was I can't really disagree with a single decision they made on the back end. Again, had they decided to go a seven defenseman instead of eight and maybe kept a Svechnikov up? Sure. I'm good with that. But if the plan was to go to eight, this is fine. Um, it's not going to be a good group, but it was the right group based on what, how everybody played. Lastly, the guy that we were wrong
1: about in the best of ways, Moritz Sider. Yes, before well, the I
2: th- preseason. Well, uh, can't not, say we were wrong about him. We changed our tune pretty quickly after development camp. Not black
1: and white wrong. We always <laughs> yeah. said like his most likely outcome is Germany because we didn't think there was room for him in the AHL and he wasn't like the, what were the chances that this kid was going to come down and just be one of the best defensemen in the pipeline right away he would he would have been down the road but what was the chances we saw him for a little bit uh right after he was drafted and we saw him in traverse city and we went okay he is likely gonna have to fit into the ahl somewhere because he is too good and he is not less than uh he's not more than a year away from being a red wing Um, he'll get He'll probably get a look this year. He'll get a look, for sure. He'll get the Zadina look this yes. year. Yes. Um, yeah, Moritz Sider looked good through and through. We've raved about him left and right. His skating, uh, his puck movement, his ability to jump up on the play, the use of his long reach. Um, he, the, he played tough minutes as, as well, The kind of the Valeno treatment where they put him against the top line. Didn't always thrive, but he was at least competent, and he looked to be adapting as well. Uh, was one of the best Red Wings the entire preseason.
2: Yeah, he had his brain farts, but he's an 18-year-old defenseman playing NHL competition. That's to be expected, and it's fine. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything negative to say. His The offense we saw in Traverse City didn't really translate into the preseason, but it wasn't... would hard been, for yeah. a young yeah. defenseman
0: to score goals in the NHL. Yeah,
2: so all in all, I consider it a massive
1: win. Yeah, <laughs> I could see the thought process. Like, he would get the puck on the, on the point, and then... He, he would lift his stick a little bit as if he was going to pull the trigger and just pause that extra third of a second that you don't get in the NHL. The spacing you get in the NHL just or in the AHL or uh, in minors or overseas just disappears once you're in the show. And that, those little double clutches kind of took away a lot of his offensive game. So that's probably why we didn't see a lot of the production. Like Evan said, it's really difficult. But yeah, early on, we thought, yeah, this guy's going to the AHL. It's a huge win. This is a win for Moritz Sider. To this Moritz Sider, This is a win for the Detroit Red Wings. The fact that he's getting a spot in pro hockey one step below the
2: Detroit Red Wings right after they drafted him. That, huge. Yeah, huge. Now, the concern is, because Grand Rapids is very deep, how much ice time is he going to get there? Because this guy needs to play on the top pairing there. He I needs
0: 20-plus minutes a game. I feel like he's got the the aptitude and the, the play style and the confidence right now to really push for the minutes that he deserves i think (laughs) i think he'll be fine unless he falls off an absolute cliff
2: he should not be playing less than lidstrom or sorry rv that's the reality of it and i know they're further along their development path they're older they're more i don't care i don't see steve eisman making
1: all of these very intentional decisions and like these aren't decisions that jeff is making these are this is steve eisman saying okay this is how good i think the team's going to be this year these are the the things I want these young guys to work on. I want them to at least start out in Grand Rapids to be sheltered from it a little bit. I don't think Steve Eisenman is going to make these decisions and then be okay not letting them get the ice time they need to develop.
0: I feel like there's going to be some serious downward pressure.
1: Oh, yeah. He's going to be managing a lot of different things. Not a micromanager, but his hands are definitely going to be deep, deep in the Grand Rapids roster.
2: Ben Simon's just a marionette this (laughs) year. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Ben Simon's fantastic. Like, lucky to have him in the organization. Uh, But Eisenman's prerogative here is to make sure that these guys get the ice time in the development.
0: You don't want first-round picks sitting on the bench. No. Unless they are hurt or they are dog-awful. They need to be playing at whatever level they're at.
2: Which circles back to the grandiose point. This is why it's good to see all these guys in Grand Rapids. You can put Zadina and Valeno on a line with insert good veteran here. Let's say Chris Terry.
0: Giovanni Smith.
2: Yeah, you could put uh, Svechnikov and Rasmussen on a line with Smith or Elson or whoever. And now all of a sudden you have a top six where it's actually critically important for the development of these guys because these are your future. So they'll get lots of ice time. They'll have a young guy on the ice for like 80% of the game. And then on your defense, you'll have cider and Lidstrom on the right side for most of the game. So you're getting quality development there as well. This is what you want in the AHL. You don't want it to be a vet team. And the thing is, this team's good enough, even though they're going to be one of the younger teams in the AHL, they'll probably still be really damn good. Yeah.
1: The, uh, about Giovanni Smith and Ryan Kuffner. Look, I have nothing against those guys. If they made the roster over N or Dilla Rose or whoever, I would have been like, Oh, okay. That's who they want to go with. It's immaterial. They're 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 very likable guys. You'd love to cheer for them. I do too. As a fan, I love to cheer for them. But Red Wings fan hockey fans, but especially Red Wings fans, have this obsession with just fixating on fringe players like Brad mentioned. Like guys where they don't move the needle much one way or the other. The Red Wings lack of success isn't because they don't have an energy guy. It's not because they don't have a grinder or a guy to go lay out a big hit. We have enough of those it's it's just not what the NHL is today. The Red Wings don't have top end talent. The Red Wings have no defense. The Red Wings have a goalie who's just a battered man at this point, emotionally and physically, because he's been not at all sheltered from high quality scoring chances. He eats chances. his sorrows away. Uh, like They have one top end line, which I genuinely think produces like a top end line, and then a couple other very talented players who are playing with essentially fourth liners. The Giovanni Smiths, the Ryan Kuffners, the guys who do good in limited situations or in circumstantial whatever, that's not what's going to move the needle. So if you're upset because Smith got sent down or Kuffner got sent down or N stayed up in favor of them or whatever it is, I promise you it's not worth your time. In 12
2: months, you won't care. It's we- almost
0: like the people who are in charge of making these decisions know what they're doing.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes we've had criticism. Yeah, there's the thing. Now, if, if your argument is... Well, we'd get more value out of Chase Pearson and Giovanni Smith learning on the fourth line instead of wasting money and time on guys like Abdulkader and Helm. Sure, you're objectively correct because there's no use in us developing Abdulkader Helm, or who the hell ever at this point. We're just waiting for contracts to expire on them at this point. But do I think Pearson and Smith are ready for the NHL? no. Did, was I watching the same preseason as everybody else? Pearson's hurt, obviously, so that's not a fair example. Giovanni yeah. Smith had one nice goal, which was a tap-in from like five feet away that I'm pretty sure Evan would have scored.
0: Um, I go knee down.
2: Yeah. He, other than that, he did not do anything of significance. Other than like a fight, he str- hes like Rasmussen. He struggles off the rush. He struggles on the breakout. He's not as defensively adept as Rasmussen is. He's not as good net front as Rasmussen is. He can run the cycle, all right, and he's good in front of the net. But other than that, he's not good at the game of hockey at the NHL level. His skating still sucks. Did it improve over the summer? Yes, but that went from a negative value to like barely acceptable. It's stop getting worked up over these guys. If you think Giovanni Smith would come into the NHL this year and have more of an impact than just an applicator this season, you're mistaken. And this is coming from applicator's biggest critic. That's just the reality. These guys are not good. They're not needle movers. Are they we capable to, of maybe running an NHL line one day like or contributing on it? Sure.
0: But we don't not, need those types yeah. of players. We no. already got 12 of them. Dime look, a dozen. Yeah, look at
2: the Red Wings' bottom six right now. Adam Ernie, Valtteri Filppula. Uh, Darren Helm, Jacob Delarose, Christopher N., Luke Lindenning, Justin Abdelkader. Uh, you need a, a good, gritty bottom six forward there. I just rhymed off six out of seven. If you want one to care about, the list starts and ends with Adam Ernie. Yeah. Ernie and Philpula give us some pause to go, maybe this won't be the worst third line in the NHL. But in reality, it's probably going to be the worst third line in the <laughs> NHL. And the fourth line will be even worse than that so big takeaway
1: grand well, rapids is going to be fun yeah. as hell this year
2: yeah we'll talk about the veterans on part two but uh we'll talk about the team as a whole the veterans in part two yeah yeah,
1: yeah. when do we do our prediction uh <laughs> thursday yeah we'll do it for the thursday <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> we, gotta do, we
2: gotta do our awards or predictions or everything uh hey how about Philip Larson shutting out the leafs good for him for like 20 minutes good for him <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm excited about
1: Picard Larson and in, in the, with the Griffins. Pickard is it? Pickard? It's Pickard. Huh. You've told me that before. Yeah, I've it. Yeah, you're right. You should have got a Those pass. These people in their names. Yeah, I know. Uh, the NHL names site shut down. What? The, oh, never used it. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Um, more Red Wings related news. I can't believe we have to keep doing this.
2: Oh my god. Hold on. I'm so happy. I, no, are you going to talk about yeah, the site? Yeah. Okay. Can I? Can yes, I? Yes. Yeah. You go for please. it. Please. I give it to you because it worked out so beautifully. Someone even took a screenshot and sent it to me. Did you see that? Yeah. NHL trade rumors and sites like that are not worth your time. They make up garbage to get your clicks and everybody bites in. If you're sitting here and you think that Kyle Connor is worth an is worth a first-round pick during a rebuild, Andreas Athanasiou and Madison Bowie, I don't know what to tell you. I just assume you've never watched a hockey game. Because... What Athens, you had what thirty goals last year? Kyle Connor had what thirty something? Mm-hmm. That, so that's a lateral move, and then we're going to throw in a first round pick. And guess what happened? Like two hours after that got posted, Kyle Connor signed an extension in Winnipeg, proving just how bullshit that was. For the love of God, people, stop! <laughs> Just don't. I can't. I know by saying I can't take these tweets anymore. I'm only going to get more of them, but I can't take
0: it anymore. Man, if Brad was into politics, he would hate Fox News. Oh, jeez.
2: Buddy, this is why I follow nothing but sports on Twitter. That's enough anxiety for one day. Uh, so, garbage site. Dot garbage site.com.
0: Says garbage thing.
1: Said garbage thing. You know. Inside uh, uh, inside sources with the Jets say that Steve Eiserman has made a final big offer for Kyle Con- with no basis for it. This kind of thing doesn't happen with at least one of the big names in hockey knowing about it. Hockey is just like old hockey men sport. Like if one of them knows something, there's a linear path to who knows what. And information doesn't exactly get out or like uh stay secret without certain people knowing lou lamorello is like the last vestige of actually being able to keep things secret The mafia he's a true mafia man and even that's gone away so if you don't see friedman you don't see merrick you don't see you know bob mckenzie you don't see cerevali you don't see any of these guys tweeting about it or even whispering about it or if you don't see the local beat writers mentioning anything about it it's probably not happening sweet lord you know how many tips that we get that are just utter garbage because we know we do our due diligence and we talk to the people who actually know and they're like oh yeah no i have heard nothing about that that's drivel it's nothing
0: you guys got triggered hard by this i just saw it as like well Dude. that's dominant no, no it's been it ha- really i'm not triggered by summer. one
2: it's been happening so fucking oh. often these these
0: uh
1: these accounts these sites are called daily nhl trade rumors i'm sorry have you followed the nhl there are not
2: daily trades it, that inherently makes your your content garbage. Now, here's what I'm wondering. And here's my tinfoil hat. Eklund runs all these sites.
1: Oh, probably. Jeez. It's just... It makes me sad because we've... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, pump our, pump ourselves up a little bit here. We have busted our asses for the past four and a half years to build up this podcast. We have worked to get better. We've taken honest criticism. We've taken harsh criticism. We've looked like we've worked on ourselves. You know, technically as uh, hockey analysts, we've worked to build out sources. We've worked to, vi- we've had to sit on information. We could have broken the Eiserman news. We, but we ha- had to sit on it because it was the right thing to do. And why we could just go out there and say McDavid for Larkin and a first and we'll get 30,000 followers, a million clicks and that's it. Because who do and we'll make money off of it.
2: Ryan, all you're convincing me to do right now is start up one of these sites.
1: (laughs) Seriously, what are we doing (laughs) this for? What do I go into work? What do I have a full time job for when we can just do this crap?
0: Okay. I'm going to try. Welcome something. to the hold real on. world. This is happens all the time so in every discipline of any aspect of the world. Okay.
2: Hold on. I'm going to try something here. Evan, give me the name of the first player on the Anaheim Ducks that comes to your mind.
0: Corey Perry. He plays for the stars now. <laughs> uh, Ricard Raquel. Okay.
2: Okay. That's now, why I laughed. Ricard Raquel. All right. Now give me the first player that comes to your head on the Vancouver Canucks. Quinn Hughes. Okay. Uh, Ricard, Raquel, and a fourth for Quinn Hughes. So let's get it going. Let's
0: put that tweet right out yeah. there right now. I actually uh, have a really hot take. I think Quinn Hughes will win the Calder this year. Not his brother, Jack. Uh, my, uh, my money's on neither of them. Are you... Because Kuznetsov is going to win? That was a really deep breath through your nose.
1: <laughs> You're on a roll with these Kuznetsov jokes. Buddy. Kale Makar. Over, really? Over both Hughes'
2: and Kako? You know
1: how hard it is for a defenseman to win the Calder?
2: Do you know how hard it is for a defenseman to win a Calder? Yes, but do you know how easy it is to get points when you're PPQB1 with Ranton Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, and Gabriel Landeskog? Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: <laughs> okay, the reason Kyle Connor came up is, like Brad mentioned, he got signed shortly after Stupid Rumor. Uh, he got signed for a seven-year deal valued at over so it's like 7.142. Uh, he's 22 years old, so I think calling Anthony is a to of lateral move is a little bit... They're two years apart. Yeah, well, um, Connor's a great player. Uh, also, why would the Wings go and pay big assets to get another winger? That's not their issue right now. And, I the uh, First
2: round pick in a rebuild, because how well has that worked out for Ottawa and Toronto
1: in the past? Yeah, because that pick is going to be Lucas Raymond, and you know it. <laughs> um, Miko Rantanen uh, signed sh- just shortly before, six years at 9.25. I saw some people calling this an overpay. I don't huh. think it was an exceptionally team-friendly deal. I think 9.25 is a lot of money. That fits more into this market's being reset if you're a young superstar RFA. Um, do you really think that Mitch Marner's $1.5 million a year better than Miko Rantanen? He's better, but not by that much. I Again, I'm in the camp of they're at least equal, or Rantanen maybe is better by hair.
2: Uh, but I digress. I think that's a... I think that's a great job by Joe Sakic. Here's here's the comparison I want to use on this to put it in perspective because I know what your your guys' opinion was on this when it happened. So I can call bullshit if you don't. You love Mark Stone, don't you? Mm-hmm. He's not infinitely better than Miko Rantanen. And Mikko Rantanen Mikko Rantanen's, what uh, six years younger. Uh, I think Mark Stone's one of the best players in hockey. Yeah, and Rantanen's up there too as He's, one of the best
1: players in hockey. He might, he probably will be, but I
2: think Mark Stone is underpaid. I buy a lot, and is six or seven years younger than him, uh, and they signed almost the same contract. That,
1: but see, that's the thing. Mark Stone got signed out a steal. I can't believe he signed that low. He's twenty seven. So ju- he's five. Yeah, years and I'm
2: here. just using, and you're phrasing that as a steal. Yeah. So when Rantanen, a player who's not as good as Mark Stone, but in the conversation, is getting the same money, but is six years younger, how is that a bad contract? <laughs> five years. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, who has a bad contract?
2: No, no. Some S- people were criticizing the Rantanen contract, and we're what? Yeah, we're. It's a great contract. You know who walks away laughing the most out of this? Joe Colorado, Carolina.
1: What? Sebastian oh, Aho, Mom. yeah. You get Sebastian Ajo for you know two point one million dollars less or however much than Mitch Marner. Sebastian Ajo plays center. You can make a very real case that Sebastian Ajo is the best out of all of those RFA's. Again, Braden Point has something to say about all that. And I don't even want to talk about the Brayden Point contract because as absurd as you think the Marner one might be, Braden Point's the same on the other end of the scale. Uh, but no, I I think Miko Renton being locked up for – this is like a real normal human negotiation, which was refreshing considering the, the garbage we went through over the summer. And we're not even Leafs fans. Um, you know, Avs wanted more term. Renton wanted more money. They met in the middle. It wasn't an eight-year deal. And it wasn't for low money. It's they weird
0: might, when you can be reasonable.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what? Props to
2: Joe Sackick. You know what? I, you want to know you guys something? guys
0: getting like 50 million bucks. Like, what's an extra mil over that time? Like, come on. You want to know it's
2: everything, something. Evan. Just I'm, ask you know Paul Marner.
0: I'm, uh, I'm all for the players making as much money as they can, and it's great. Um, but, man, is it hard to watch a player on your team go through it over a million bucks a year?
1: You want to know something that I bet happened in this whole over the course of summer? I would put my life on this fact. Joe Sackett called Nathan McKinnon directly and said, look, I know what this is going to be. I want to tell you first. I want to get ahead of this. We value you. We recognize that you're one of the best hockey players on the planet. We're going to make good when your contract is
2: up in 2023. And then McKinnon probably said, okay, and just continue chasing cross. We a sand dune.
0: <laughs> All right. I got to go. Bye Evan. Wish me luck. If I don't come back, I died near the blue line at the Sleeman Center.
2: You're not going to get anywhere near the blue line, and we know it. Oh,
0: th- th- <laughs> no, that's where the doors are. They go out <laughs> right by the blue line, so I've got about you know a couple feet to find out if I know what I'm doing.
1: All right, folks, then that was the last we've ever heard about uh, Evan on the Winged Wheel podcast. In memoriam, yep. episode coming Thursday.
0: <laughs> yep. And if I make it back, well...
1: We'll see you in a few months.
0: You'll need to make this place wheelchair accessible because I feel like my feet aren't going to allow me to walk. Oh, that's all right.
1: We'll get you some crutches. Perfect. All right. No complaints. Goodbye, everyone. See, it's funny he says I've been on the ice like 20 times in the last 35 days. I know you have. Uh, Yeah, Nathan McKinnon's $6.3 million contract at age 24 for the next four years. He's going to be making
2: $15 million.
1: A year, starting 2023,
2: right? Yeah, he's already started shoveling cash into the back of the Brinks truck. Um, this is the this
1: era's John Tavares, John Tavares contract. Tavares made like 5, 5.5 for eight years way back when, and it was just like he should have been making double that. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, McKinnon now. Uh, yeah, I, I think Sakic just did what he had to do. It's not great optics when he's making more than your best player, but the reality is that you have your best player on for – probably $5 million less than you should. So count your blessings. Yeah. So those signings came through um, <laughs> another notable signing. Uh, Matthew's looking at Sabarin gave Sabarin a contract, which I'm positive. They did just Sabarin as- Sabarin. I'm positive. They did that just despite Austin Matthews.
2: Yeah. He's, he's literally going to play six games a year yeah. and it's going to be six games against Toronto. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, other than that, yeah, the, the
2: takeaways are well, stop if, believing dumb garbage. One question. If you're Scott Sabrin, next time you play against the Leafs, do you wear your jersey backwards in warmups? Just so, just to get into Matthews' first head. thing you
1: do is run, run Matthews. You have to. You have to make yourself relevant. <laughs> Honestly,
2: I would legitimately wear my jersey backwards in warmups if and so. just stare at him the whole time. Just stand, not even warm up. I would just stand at the red line. Right on the center dot, just staring into the leaf zone the whole time. I'm convinced that is too funny for a hockey player to do it. Hockey players (laughs) are not funny enough to be
1: doing that. Uh, Wow. Yeah. You know what? We don't have time for a central preview today. We have a heavy overtime. Oh, boy. The central preview is going to have to wait. Might happen a week into the season. Yeah. You guys will be okay with it
2: yeah it's essential who cares it's the hawks it's the avalanche <laughs> it's whatever you know it's minnesota
1: good. bad colorado good more at six it gives us uh, time to lock up some more interviews uh we're gonna get to overtime which of course is brought to us uh, by our patreon supporters um this is a you, you guys are into it this overtime uh stone turkey who I believe is a new patron. Yes, welcome Stone Turkey to the Dub Dub family. Says, um, "Sup dudes, was was great watching the Wings win in Calumet. Went to Michigan Tech for forestry and spent a lot of time in the woods around there. The Upper Peninsula is near and dear to me, pretty much a second home. It's absolutely beautiful there, especially in the fall and winter. Mid October is ideal for fall colors if you ever get a chance to go there. Anyways, Cholosky and Mantha look great in that game. I really hope Dennis makes the team this year. Non Wings related." Have you guys ever discussed how hockey is the closest sport to Quidditch? Skating is the closest thing to flying I think there is within a sport, and the pace of the game I think also helps create the illusion of flying. Obviously, it only happens on a 2D plane rather than 3D space, but still. Curious if you've thought about this before and what your thoughts are. And he wrote Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, but he wrote SFCB, which I love. Uh, I haven't thought about that and explains so much about why I live and breathe both hockey and Harry Potter.
2: Okay, you just answered my question. What? What is Quidditch? <laughs> oh god. I don't do Harry Potter. You you should Can you start reading Harry Potter to your kids? I'm sure I will at some point.
1: Yeah. I uh it's like it'll go down as I know you don't do Harry Potter so
2: like in our listeners That right, whole like genre isn't my thing. I yeah, never, and that's fine. Yeah. Um it'll go down as like a literary classic. Like it's okay. going to be I know that. Like yeah. I I know of it, Ryan. I <laughs> If you asked any of the details, I uh I don't have any. Uh, Iaco Ryuta. Ryuta um, I've got to get that better. Oh, and
1: he's ta- he says, your pronunciation on my name. Almost good enough. Thank you. Uh, so Zadina, Rasmussen, and Vleno are all going back to Grand Rapids. Fine. I would personally send cider back to Germany for the rest of the year, but your mileage may vary. Uh, can't really catch all that many games this year because time zones and I'm too lazy and poor. Student life, drunk life. Oh, man. Have we all been there?
2: The triangle of college.
1: Yeah. Social life, sleep, good grades. You can pick two. Um, I'm just happy that the Red Wings aren't in the West anymore so I can catch more of their games. Yeah. Uh, last night we went to bed at like 1030 and I got up this morning at eight and just did productive things. I'm like, Oh my
2: God, I hate that. I like this so much. You really need to be that way. If you're an adult, I still hate mornings, but I've become a responsible adult, you know, mainly because Mika gets up if I don't. So I don't have a choice. You really kind of just, she's like a,
1: a time terrorist. Like she's going to take it whether you like it or not. So you just have to negotiate with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just your, I just called your daughter, my, my honorary goddaughter, a time terrorist. Yeah. New high or new low for the show. One of yeah. the two. Yes. Uh, Just your average Teej says, uh, so this may have been mentioned in previous episodes, but I'm curious because I don't think I've ever heard it. How did you three become wings fans? For me, it's because my uncle started watching with his buddy who was a huge Hawks fan and said he couldn't root for the same team, the wings. Happened to be playing that night. So in the middle of a Hawks and Blues territory, a Wings fan was born. That's a really cool story. I love that because it's petty. Uh,
2: my story is really cool in that I don't remember. Um, my story is
1: a little bit dramatic. Uh, my parents, for those of you who don't know, both are immigrants from Iraq. They, um, I'm Chaldean, for those of, you who, those of you who know what that is. Uh, they left Iraq in about 1990, bounced around, ended up in Ontario. Um, my dad was a mainly a soccer fan. And he wanted his kids to play, you know, be ingrained in the culture that he, in the place that they moved to, that accepted them as their new home. Um, Assimilate is the word you're looking for. Yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to get away from that word. (laughs) Brad. (laughs) He (laughs) said loathingly. (laughs) Um and so my dad uh, had his buddy set my older brother and me. My brother was like about six and I was about three up with hockey equipment. I was skating by the time I was three uh, and he was a Wings fan. So my dad started watching the Wings and my first memory of watching a hockey game was Brendan Shanahan in his first year as a Red Wing scoring top corner. I believe it was on the Hartford Whalers um yeah we've been a wings fan ever since his
2: first year as a red wing was 96 97 so yeah. way to jump on the bandwagon
1: <laughs> i was three You're or four
2: <laughs> four-year-old you was the worst but it worked out uh philip Gasnell says hey boys i just got a
1: life-changing job hey congrats man philip you've been with us for so long. i love when our like listeners and our patrons like share this with us i just it genuinely feels like family congrats philip um but now I'm moving to Indianapolis. They have a Hawks ECHL team located there. Is the ECHL good hockey? Give me a little rundown.
2: Yes, it is. These are people who would just go into your average beer league and absolutely ruin everybody's lives. Yeah. Any level of professional hockey is infinitely better than anything you could imagine. Uh, is it going to be skewers to the NHL? No, obviously not. But it's only two steps removed. So how bad could hockey two steps removed from the NHL be? Look, I have fun going watching my local
1: universities games. And the ECHL is better than that it's pro hockey. Um, these guys are they're they if they stepped on the ice with beer leaguers, they would absolutely dummy them. Like no questions asked. It's good hockey, and you know, what? a lot of places are don't even have pro hockey around, so that'd be great. I would love to get cheap season tickets to the Toledo walleye. I think that'd be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I'm not making that drive.
1: No, I mean if we lived there. Uh Michael Michael Martell says, hey dubbers. Uh so Zadina fell to us, but we took Cider ahead of projection. With that said, who's looking like the better pick right now? Ooh, good question. Oh small sample size, but I have to think cider has Boy. a better chance of NHL impact. Um small sample size is right. I'm trying to remove bias here because I know I'm quick to defend Zadina. Yeah, if you get rid of the recency
2: bias, I still think the answer is Zadina. I still do too, but not by much. <laughs> yeah. The recency bias would lead you to believe Sider, but I want to see a full year of them together and then form an opinion. That being said, Sider might be the more important prospect given the position he plays. Yeah.
1: Zadina's is no, not anyone I'm saying, oh, this guy's going to score 50 for sure in the future. I'm not saying it's not possible, uh, but his ceiling is still so phenomenally high. And I have no reason to believe that he's eliminated much of that top end talent or the potential for that top end talent. Ask us again in 12 months. Uh, Don Mitchell says, what's good, boys? No, seriously, watching this game and I need to be reminded on why life is worth living. (laughs) Three words. Grand Rapids Griffins.
2: Uh, Three more words. Mantha, Larkin, Bertuzzi.
1: Oh, that was good. That was a good little thing we had there. Uh, After your conversation about the outdoor game needing to go away, consider this. What are your thoughts on making the all-star game an outdoor game? Love. Love that. I hate the All-Star game, so anything to improve it, I'm, I'm here for. Uh, it won't matter. Uh, it'll allow guys like Aho and Barkov an opportunity to actually do one outdoors, and it's the one last swing at the plate for both the All-Star game and the Winter Classic at relevancy. Cheers, Don. It won't
2: happen for one main reason, is those are two big revenue draws for the NHL. What I want to see the All-Star be, uh, game become is just a, a, an exhibition in perspective. The NHL's best... And then pick 20 randomly assigned beer leaguers from across North America and just watch how badly they get wiped. Uh, Liz
1: Barbudo uh, accurately says it's going to be a long season. We're here for you, Liz. Yeah, drink. Don't Uh, drink. Rowan says, good day, dud duds. I have received special counsel Mika Crisco's report into the subterfuge from two episodes ago where Brad the cop censored me and what she describes as a clear act of treason. Mika has begun impeachment proceedings with the full support of the Discord users. If found guilty, a Stay Fresh cheese bag will be placed over Brad's head and tied off. When you need to suffocate a treasonous dud-dud dead, dead host, <laughs> use Stay Fresh cheese bags, the only choice for slow drawn-out executions, a Fournier company. That got kind of dark, huh? My biggest takeaway from the final preseason game is that Hosa has lost a few steps and really fallen off a cliff. Uh, If I'm Zadina, Svech, and Valeno, I'm probably relieved I'm headed to Grand Rapids instead of having to deal with this mess in Detroit. Lottery division, here we come. Uh, All very accurate takes. Uh, Enough hockey, Rugby World Cup time, and oh boy, did we see a boil over on Saturday night. Host Nation, Japan, stunning one of the pre-tournament favorites, Ireland, and, and I hate to say it, use this word, epic encounter with Kenki... Uh, Fukuka scoring the decisive try. Flat out one of the best games I've ever watched. We've seen some great individual performances over the first ten days of the cup with, with big efforts from Cheslin Colby, Makazole, Mapimpi, uh, M- Imogeni, uh, Bondambi, Merika Koroi Beat, Manu Laga Twi uh, Maro Itoje, Todd Furlong, <laughs> Tad Furlong, <laughs> Romain uh, Tamek, Waseya, Naya Klevu and Federico Ruza. And it's been fun watching Big Ben Tamefuna running around for Tonga. He's an absolute unit. Google him. <laughs> Jersey time. You've had
2: enough to review those jerseys. Top three. Go. Uh, oh, the rugby kits? Yeah, the thing never loaded on my phone. I just got blank Canada's, spaces where the image would go. Yeah, I won't lie to you. I, I didn't look at them a lot more after. Hold on. I've got an answer. Uh, Canada... Uh, New Zealand, and I'm going to go with Japan.
1: I don't think you're wrong in saying Canada, because I genuinely think Canada's two kits are among the two nicest. Uh, Canada, Fiji is second, and New Zealand third. I know it's a little simple because Fiji and New Zealand both have black and white kits, but I really love them. Uh, i probably biased, but Canada's is awesome. Uh, Nick says, morning, dud-duds. Boy, Grand Rapids is going to be a fun watch this year, eh? With Ras likely following Zadina, Valeno and Sveshnikov once Athens U is healthy, I'm starting to feel good about the decision to do my buddy's bachelor party in Grand Rapids on the 11th over Detroit on the 12th. Oh, yeah, that's a good decision. Uh, I know there's a certain level of belief slash nervousness with the fan base at Larkin Mantha uh, Herbert, Athanasiu, Hironik, and a solid tending tandem will drag us out of the basement and make us a bubble team. But I get the feeling we're going to see a lot more games resembling that final preseason shit show than any of us would like, especially in this division. Painful truth, but accurate truth. In the first preseason game against Toronto, Giovanni Smith had a couple of big hits. A fight drove the net well all game and got the tying goal f- uh, from in tight after an empty feed from Sveshnikov. Post game, Brad said that Giovanni barely avoided being listed among the players who had a bad night. I know he still has a lot of work on his skating, but do you think he's utilized his skill set very well in that game? Brad, why are you such a cop? Glad to be able to start hearing you boys twice a week again. Keep up the great work.
2: You have to get the puck to the net before you can be useful.
1: I like Giovanni Smith. I think he's fun. I just can't I can't bring myself to be torn up on whether or not he's on the roster, you know. I almost want him in Grand Rapids to be fun and protection for the young guys. Moral of
2: the story, we're dead
1: inside. Garrett TV says sup hockey amigos. Disclaimer: I'm not here to crap on Blashill. Just ask a serious question. What improvements are you looking for from him this season? As our team rebuild, uh, rebuilds and grows, he should too. I think we absolutely have to see improvements in our team defense, not individual performances, but our overall system. Especially since he has preached uh, the importance of this, preached the importance of this from day one of his tenure. And we desperately need to take a step forward in our special teams. While I don't care for Blashill, I certainly don't blame him disproportionately for our lack of success the past few years. Uh, But he's not beyond criticism just because of a rebuild. And we should still have some pretty genuine concerns about the state of our special teams. Despite capable players, they have been poor, inconsistent, prone to the same mistakes and misgivings, and still showed signs in the preseason of making the same mistakes we've seen over and over. Though the top unit shows some promise. Yes, I know Blashell doesn't coach the power play, but he's still our head coach and is picking the people who do. Frankly, we've been bad for several years, several years running. So amidst all the player evaluation talk, what do we need from Blashill now in his fifth year at the helm? Vamos Red Wings.
2: Okay, I'm going to try and say this all without sounding inflammatory. Okay. First, the chip and chase system needs to die. The NHL isn't played that way. I know you don't, you have, he has a team that isn't. Fully capable of playing a true possession game, but chip and chase doesn't work anymore. Get the hell away from it. Learn how to challenge because his percentage is, I think, over the last five years, second lowest in the NHL. Um, the Red Wings seem to suck at some of the simpler points of the game, teachable points of the game, like i.e., Rasmussen losing every board battle despite being seven foot two. Need to see the entire team cleaned up on stuff like that. Consistency. In at least the top six and top four on the team. So we know what our top line is. Run with it. Pick your second line. Run with it. Pick your top four. Run with it. And then tweak with the rest as you need to. Ice time distribution. Luke Glendening should not lead the NHL and even strength minutes for players who don't play on the power play. Enough of this crap. Larkin, Mantha Bertuzzi, 20 minutes a night. Second line, 15 to 18 minutes a night. And then the rest use sparingly unless they're on the penalty kill. Um, Same goes for the top four defensemen. And again, please, for the love of God, no more chip and chase. I can't watch it anymore. (laughs) Um, Brad alluded to this. Blashlaw has a tendency to just revert
1: to his old ways or the way the Red Wings used to run things when things get tough, which happens a lot over the past few years for the Red Wings. The thing is they have neither the personnel nor the history of success to be doing that kind of thing. And that means putting veterans in important situations when in reality, it doesn't matter whether or not they're going to win that game. I don't care about seeing Franz Nielsen or, you know, in the future it's because it's going to happen Volteri Terry in uh, with under five minutes left. I want to see what the Larkin-Mantha-Bertuzzi line is going to do. I want to see what athens can do. I want to see what Hirona can do. I think they've performed well enough this year where it should encourage him to get away from that kind of thing, but it also removes any excuse that he might have to not put them out there and just utilize those players at any given opportunity. Another thing I want to see from him is when these young players get their audition, use them. Don't push them to the side. Don't give them you know five sheltered minutes a game. Use them. Do not waste their nine-game audition, or even if they stay longer. Please, for the love of God, use them.
2: I just had a horrifying realization. I was wondering what you were looking wide-eyed for. As you were talking there about Blashill reverting to old ways. What? Since Rasmussen and Svechnikov and Giovanni Smith all got sent down, who's going to be the net front on the second power play unit? look Glendening, and you know it. It's going to be Abdulgator.
1: Oh...
2: Uh... And the, I don't know what's worth it, worse, because I can't really think of a much better option here. Adam Ernie, maybe? I, I would like to see Ernie. Give him a shot on it, but man, that second power play unit's going to suck. He might be playing bumper. Well, there go the dogs. Uh, Joseph Fournier says, oof. Just oof. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fun time. Build your Red Wings lineup. No contracts, money, or waivers involved. Just best overall lineup right now. We're going to be a jerks and hold off on that until first two yes stay fresh cheese bags uh Hassam al kasem says how's it going dub dub with all the people being sent down i'm very excited to watch the grand rapid griffins play in austin in a few weeks i'm also excited that it's finally hockey season in a couple days i'm sure the excitement will die down as soon as i see abby on the top line because blash decided that the mlb line is too good and needs to be broken up uh for the meetup do we have we don't have to rsvp this year no, uh, we've partnered with Founders Taproom Detroit. They are welcoming as many of you as they can handle, which means I want you guys to break the doors down on that place. I want hundreds of you out there. I want the fire marshal in there doing a head count to make sure we can be there. Founders Taproom Detroit, show them the Dub Dub army. I want you guys. I think we had fifty people last time. I want over a hundred this time. Again, that's Sunday, October sixth. Founders Tap Room, Detroit. One starting at one p.m. All the way up until it's time to walk over for the game. We'll probably go over pretty well before puck drop, just to join in the festivities. There, um, it's like a five-minute I mean, walk. I mean, we're going to have six hours, so yeah. It's a five-minute walk away from the arena, so it's like such a great place. Amazing beer. Uh, if you guys want more details, wingedbillepodcast.com. Go to the blog page. Also, if you follow us on Facebook, we put an event up there, so that's where you can RSVP just for us to be able to get an idea of numbers, but if you don't, please still come through. Uh, lastly, help me decide what jersey to wear for the home opener. I've limited it to three, Larkin, Anthony, or Fedorov. I would wear my Eisman again, but I realized after if it, after that
2: it was a fake, and I'm ashamed of it uh larkin start start on your strong foot tape a c to it if you have to (laughs) make a point yeah
1: larkin with a c tape to it i think is the move i think that's really funny if i had a larkin jersey i would do it i'm waiting for the c to buy it (laughs) uh matthew tangs red says hello you hockey talking folks uh are fools we all are because i talk back at you guys while i listen for some reason ryan i saw your tweet about the rasmussen Uh, And the dilemma of last season where he played for the Red Wings only because he couldn't go to Grand Rapids. I have a proposal. Any CHL player who is a first round draft pick is eligible for the AHL after one season. That way, NHL teams don't purge the CHL teams of their stars and the CHL teams don't hold back the development of these young players. In my opinion, this current rule is outdated and hurting the development of these guys. They're often forced to either play in a league that's too easy or too hard it's time for the CHL to stop trying to hang on to these players for as long as they can and do what's best
2: for their long-term development. I still like LaFontaine's idea of the 19-year-old draft and streamlining everything. That way the CHL gets a bare minimum of three years out of every player, whether you're Connor McDavid or whoever. And then once they're done in the CHL, they're NCAA eligible, they're AHL eligible. They can go wherever the hell they want. I'm less of a fan of a dramatic change to the draft. I actually really like that idea
1: from Matthew. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, anything though that if if it was your idea or his idea or anything to move the needle, something has to budge, and I think we'll see that in the next CBA, hopefully, because it's so foolish right now. It's genuinely hurting guys' development. Yep. All right. So uh, heavy news day. It's uh, we weren't expecting it to be this uh, Red Wing centric. So the Central Division preview got pushed, guys one more episode before the start of the season we are so pumped i want to thank all of you who are tuning in for the first time for over four and a half years or anywhere in between our name level sponsors on patreon sky carcass luke johnson arjun shanker don mitchell clayton van dyken mike reed langabeer matthew m rice sean levine kaylin wood charlie elkins john evans antonio lupu Rob Thiel, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Mike DiLoreto, Hannah Lee. Thank you all so much. And uh, stay tuned. We have another surprise big giveaway starting the next episode.